All right, we are now recording live for our May 24th Facebook Live service. We are just a couple minutes here from getting our service started. Okay. It's funny. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Mom. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, Donna. Good morning, Putt. I am getting my comments coming in now. Good morning, Doris. Good morning, Mandy. Good morning, Dad. Good morning, Doris. Jesus is alive. Good morning, everyone. So again, as you're coming on, feel free to give us your three words, your uh, who tell us who's with you this morning. And let's go ahead and jump into some prayer requests uh, because we will have, um, uh, we're going to get to that pretty quickly this morning. I got some, some opening questions and of course some uh, important announcements. All right, I hear that you're hearing feedback on my end. I wonder if you're still hearing that right now. Uh, that was probably because I had my um, my sound turned up, so I've turned that down. So I, I'm getting that from Bruce. Bruce saying that you're still hearing feedback on my end. Please uh, shoot me a uh, – uh, somebody send a message and see if that has been corrected before we officially start this morning. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning, Joe and Clint. Good. Bruce says no feedback, so I think that was good news then. All right. I'm going to try to keep from, from looking down so much so you don't all have to see my bald spot. Maybe that will work a little bit better. Trying to figure out ways to make all this technology work this morning. Good morning, Donna. Thank you, guys. Everybody's telling us so. It appears as though we got that feedback stuff corrected. Also, um, I just saw who else? Somebody else just popped on this morning. Who was that? Um, uh, Danielle's on. Oh, we got a prayer request from Danielle. Okay. Give me one second. Grab something here. I am, um, well, it's 1031, so I guess we can officially get started, and I just saw that from you, Pam. Is Patty on there yet? I don't know if Patty's on, but yes, it is Patty Hornsby's birthday today. Um, if I missed her coming on, um, I'm sorry. I was trying to see if she has joined us yet. Good morning, Nick. I see Nick and Molly are with us this morning, um, but yeah, when Patty does come on, we'll get uh, wish her a happy birthday. So I see a couple prayer requests coming in there. Um, there she is. 
Good morning, Patty, and happy birthday to you. Um, we'll go back and uh, get those prayer requests in just a few moments here. Um, so as you're coming on, I want to go ahead and start uh, with some questions. Um, actually, I'm sorry, let that I got my order wrong. I want to start with the prayer requests. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and you can go ahead and start sending them in now. Um, the first one that we just got, I saw was uh, Danielle, uh, someone named Kaja uh, Higgins, a very close friend. Um, her health is extremely bad waiting for diagnosis. So we're going to pray for healing for Kaja Higgins will be the first one. Um, also saw one coming in to continue to remember Nancy Petrie. Uh, so let's be in prayer as well for her. Um, we're getting ready to do a little travel and that's what that's all about. Um, there's a prayer request for us. Good morning, Tracy. Um, I, Don, um, some of you remember the prayer chain that you got for Don McMahon. Um, Don, uh, Don's granddaughter, um, was in a four wheeler accident. She broke her femur, which I believe is one of the most serious bones that you can break. Um, and she just had surgery. Um, she's, she's doing so much better. And she was just so, Don was just so grateful. He sent it, wanted to send a, a thank you to all of you that were in prayer for his granddaughter. Uh, because they did, they were able to have surgery and she's in a situation where it was a major break, a complete break of the bone and everything is going to be able to, I mean, everything is on track to be able to heal completely. And so um, I want to just keep Gabby uh, McMahon in our prayers as well. I saw Ruby just shared uh, uh, the family of Joe Combs. So we will remember Joe, Joe's family this morning. Tracy has a praise that um, she went to Knoxville, and uh, and and Ava's going to be away from from Tracy for a while. So we're going to remember um, uh, Tracy and family uh, during this season as well. Got a word from Judy. Judy is back. Uh, Judy is back now at VanCrest. Uh, she recovered well from pneumonia. Still got a, a, a good road ahead with some rehab as well. Now rehab with her lungs as well as some rehab. Um, continued with her knee. So she is back at Van Crest. Last I heard, hadn't spoke to her in two, about three days or so, but uh, last I heard she is back at uh, Van Crest. So um, that, is, uh, that is really good news. And so um, if we see any other prayer requests coming in this morning. All right. Well, at this time, we are going to open up our service and, uh, and go to the Lord. You know, one thing I realized that we've been, uh, we've been missing um, uh, as we've you know, begun our services and been doing these Facebook Live is just this, this posturing, this intent of worship. You know, one of the things that we do that helps us do that is, of course, we sing songs and we, um, we have our, our verbal expressions and harmony of worship to the living God. And so um, as we, as we just, just a couple weeks away uh, from doing that again, but I still hope that you would take a time right now to have some reverence for this moment as we go to the Lord in prayer. So will you join me as we begin service uh, with a word of prayer this morning.
wonderful. Lord, thank you once again for the privilege that we have to gather together in this unique way. We thank you, Lord, for the, the freedom that we have to worship you in such a time as this. And now as we begin our service together, may our hearts approach you with reverence, the living God, that in these moments we worship the creator of the universe. May we just allow a pause in our spirit to be reminded of what it is we are doing right now. The creator of this universe desires to dwell inside of us and empower us, reveal himself to us, to comfort us, to heal us. And so Lord, as we revere you this morning, as we worship you, and we want to place these requests before you this morning. We've asked, we're continuing prayers for Nancy Petrie, for, for Kasia Higgins, who is in, a, in serious need of healing in this season. May you make her whole. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in Gabby McMahon's life, and may your hand of peace and comfort and protection be upon her as she recovers. And for, for Ava and for Tracy and family in this season of uh, separation for for a time, I pray that you would be the God of peace and comfort in knowing that things are ultimately in your court and under your control. Lord, I sense all throughout the congregation, even though prayers have not been expressed this morning, that there are unsettled things even in their hearts that they may have not declared as a prayer request for, but things that just in their spirit and their in their life are not right. And there's some uncertainty as to how all of these things are going to be worked out. I pray in a morning like this, it would be reminded that they are not alone. That as we are together in community as well, we are the body of Christ and the head is Christ himself. He is near and he is the author and perfecter of our faith who has all of this under control. And so Lord, now we give all of these things to you. May the peace that passes understanding Touch every heart uh, that is watching this service this morning. We thank you that you are the God that is near. And as we conclude, we pray the prayer that you have taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Oh, good morning, Maddie. And I see Chris. Uh, I, I didn't see Chris join us. Well, good morning, Chris. Um, Again, thank you for joining us. I don't know how well I did our introduction this morning, but it is May 24th. Most of you know the drill that I see that are on here. This is our one of our final uh, Facebook Live services where we won't be uh, meeting together as a congregation. We do plan to continue these. But in just a few moments, I have some important, important announcements. So I hope that you're tuned in. And if you have anybody else that ha that's planning on getting on that hasn't gotten on yet, um, you, whether you need to text them or something, uh, tell them to get on because we're going to be telling everybody in just a few moments about what we are going to be doing on June 7th. And this may be the best way uh, to get all of those details 
uh, without having to send them out, you know, the minimum amount of time we have in a one call. But before we do that, we're going to do something fun real quick. We're going to ask, we got a few, I got a few questions to ask you. Um, good morning, Diane. I'm glad you just got on. Good to see you. Um, so you should know these by now. Okay. You should have these down. What are the four quarantine letters? That is question number one. And what are they formally called? Okay, so you'd say the four letters, and then what are they formally called? We've been calling them the quarantine letters, but really, what are they called? Um, just two words, okay? So that's question number one. Now, this is to see if any of you have been paying attention. The second question is last week we talked about John chapter 6, and what did Jesus start talking about? We talked about the crowd. Last week we, we had a, talked about a crowdless summer. And what did we start talking about? What did Jesus, excuse me, start talking about that finally turned away the crowds? The crowds were going, they were, they were watching Jesus perform miracles. He fed the 5,000. They were following him and watching him do all these amazing things. And then finally, he starts saying some things that offend people. What was it that Jesus was talking about that offended them, that caused his disciples to leave? So... Um, so question one, what are the four quarantine letters and what were they formerly called? Question two, what was it that Jesus started talking about that finally turned away the crowds? So I don't see any responses yet, so I don't think I should have you stumped on these. So please send your responses in um, in just a few moments. And the last question, those of you who haven't realized yet, to, this is Memorial Day weekend. And... We want to thank, uh, all, this is always a great time uh, to thank all of our veterans who have served us. And what a great context, even with especially someone uh, like Leanne, who is online, who is a, who is a nurse uh, at Reed Hospital. Um, they have been s serving our country in this unprecedented time in new ways. And what a, what, a, what a great opportunity just to thank her, to thank all of our, all of our, our uh, mental health, or excuse me, all of our medical workers and mental health workers as well, those who have uh, put in their time in this season uh, to help protect us as well. So, uh, but it's Memorial Day. So this is Memorial often means those that have gone on before us, those that have fought for the freedoms that we now have. And so well, Memorial just typically simply means to remember. We talked about this uh, on our Wednesday night Bible study. If you haven't uh, had a chance to look at that, that Wednesday night video. And, but my third question then, but there's also two memorials, two things Jesus tells us to do, to remember to do. And you could say, you call, we call these sacraments. But what, could, what are the two sacraments um, that we are to keep doing that have been commanded by Christ? What two sacraments are we to keep doing that have been commanded by Christ? And that is the third one. Big hint on the last one. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. All right. So I don't see anybody putting any answers yet. So what again? Here's the first one. The first one, what are the four quarantine letters? What were they formerly called? Second one, in John 6, what did Jesus start talking about that, that offended people and turned away the crowds? And then finally, as today is Memorial Day, what two sacra sacraments um, did Jesus tell us to keep doing? You should already know this one. We do this one pretty often. And then there's another one that we do... Um, every once in a while, and it takes place in our sanctuary behind our sage. Leanne says, Jesus didn't want to be the king they imagined him to be. That's a good answer. He did, that, is, that is incredibly true. But to answer that question specifically, Jesus started talking about 
my bo- my flesh is real flesh and my blood is real blood and basically saying that you need to consume of me and this was really offensive to them and so offensive that they many disciples begin to walk away can somebody give me the four quarantine letters bef- and be- as i move on here to our big announcement and yes that's right pam got pam's got the right concept there for number 2 i see pam's just Pam's comment regarding to feed on me and you will live because of me. Good point. Um, Go ahead. You can keep doing those answers and we'll get back to them in just a minute. uh, Because now I want to go ahead and give our big announcement, which is that I just saw it, Cheryl. You're right on communion and baptism. Cheryl nailed it with the two sacraments that we're, we're to remember. We're to keep on doing. All right. Big uh, announcement. I'm sorry I keep saying that. It's just what's on my notes here. So I come back to remember what I'm talking about. I, I will, I'll be honest with you. I will be happy to not have to do three things at once one day really soon. I have enjoyed this. I appreciate all of you guys that have been joining on our face, Facebook Live services. Personally, I'm ready for uh, the real thing again. And the real thing will be just right around the corner. So here's what's going to happen. I know this is a lot of re- repeated news to our board. But you know that there are a lot of people that are not on... Um, this service we've got it says we got 21 viewing right now you know maybe times two so we only have about you know a little over 30 that are watching us probably right now so I want to tell you that we those of you that are getting this information this is about as full of a statement as we're going to be able to give we'd appreciate for you to communicate this to those that aren't going to be on here I'm going to do my best to get the word out as well Um, but any of your help would be greatly appreciated so on June 7th we will be starting, we will return and we will be doing outdoor services. These services will be, take place on our east side yard and they will begin at 11 a.m. Okay, now this is kind of a hybrid of having a live crowd as well as having those remain in their cars similar to the drive-in service that we had during Easter. So how this will work is that as it's going to be on our east side yard, those that will be driving in, those that are in that demographic of people that really do need to continue to protect themselves and would like to continue to protect themselves from this virus, I've contacted many of them and they are excited to come back and remain in their cars for this service as we will have an FM transmitter so they can hear um, the message. Now, those parking spots on the east side are going to be reserved for the people that that choose to remain in their cars. So it'll be important for you that if you're not going to remain in your car and you're going to bring your own chair to please do not park there. Okay. I'm kind of hoping I'm not promising, but I'm hoping that next Sunday I will actually shoot at the church and I'll go outside and just kind of show you how this is going to work the next week. So that's at least what I plan for next Sunday's FaceTime Facebook live service. Um, so again, uh, those that, uh, that, that, you know, bring your own chairs, please park somewhere else. I just want to emphasize that point as well. It is bring your own chairs. So if you show up without a chair, you know, we won't have one for you. I'm not saying we won't get one for you, but then that gets us into the category of, of having to clean and disinfect and those kinds of things, which is um, if you've caught how all this is working out, you know, one of the other options, and many churches are back today. Some have been back for even for a couple of weeks now. They're going to exhaustive measures 
in cleaning their sanctuary, disinfecting it uh, consistently, even throughout service and all the handles and doorknobs and things that everybody touches. We, for the most part, are not going about those measures because that's why we are keeping this service outdoors. All right. Um, so that what we are doing is empowering you to protect yourself the best that you would like to. It also means that we don't have any prep. We don't have any declarations as to whether you should be wearing a mask or not wear a mask. That will be also entirely up to you whether you would choose to do so. We will ask that uh, those of you that do bring your chairs to try to sit as family units, and we will do our best to keep six feet apart as we sit in the crowds. Um, but um, again, much of that will be at your discretion as well. So we're providing an opportunity for those that would want to protect themselves can stay in the car, and those that are not as concerned and, and, and many have, have kind of gotten back to things um, will be able to sit and be a part of the crowd as well. We will, of course, have our facility open for restrooms if anyone would, would need to do so. And at this point in time, um, we don't have any other plans right now for other ministries beyond Sunday service. I'm talking about children's church, Sunday school, nursery as well. The only ministry we will have will be the live service. And so I just want to make sure everybody's clear on that. We do hope to return to music on June 7th. Um, but... Um, I think I've got most all of those details to you now. Um, I would be more than happy to, to answer any questions that you would have. Again, if you're hearing this information, you know a lot of people that aren't watching this service right now, you know, we would greatly appreciate you communicating um, this information to them as well. All right, I think that is enough. And actually, if you do uh, have a question, uh, go ahead and put that in. I'm not going to be doing any other interactive things at this point in time. Um, so hopefully by the end of the message, I'll be able to go back to some of those questions as we are going to revisit um, this idea just a bit. Now, so if you have your Bibles, if you could open up to Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. And as you're open, I see... Uh, Patty is all over it. She's got, um, she's got all the right, that's right. She's got all the right, uh, prison epistles. Yes. You guys are all over this. Great job, Pam. You got them all as well. And somebody else had communion and baptism. Who was that? Yeah. Pam's got it. Pam and Cheryl both had communion and baptism. So I think we did get all of our questions answered. Maybe some of those comments were just coming in a little bit late. So Philippians two. Chapter verses 12 through 13, I see a lot of you have not gone to your Bibles yet, so please get your Bibles out, uh, whether it's your electronic Bible or your real Bible out, um, your Don Williams vinyl Bible, um, your, your life application study Bible, your King James only Bible, um, your message version Bible, whatever it is that you use, your, your Bible app, your, your version Bible app, um, Go ahead and get your Bible out to Philippians 2, verses 12 through 13. And we are going to begin this morning now with a word of prayer. Lord, now we will open up the word of God and allow you to speak to us in this moment, in this season that we are in today. As we choose to follow you, very few things happen by coincidence. And right now in this moment, you have a word for us. 
And so, Lord, I pray we would open up our ears, we would open up our eyes to hear your words, to see your revelation that will speak truth to us and empower us to do what you're calling us to do in such a time as this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Philippians 2, verses 12 through 13. I'm going to get to that verse in just a minute. I'm going to call this message today, Work Out Your Own House with Fear and Trembling. Now I'm saying that, it's not that much of a coincidence that I am at my own house today. I think it's the first time I've shot one from my kitchen table. So I'm sitting here at my kitchen table, and this is for illustrative purposes this morning. Um, because at your own house, if you're like me, you've, you've, you look around your house and you've got things that you're proud of. You got things that are sentimental that mean something special to you. And then you look around and you also see like little projects and like things that, man, I need to get that done. And one day I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to work on that. You know, we're, we, we did some landscaping this summer and we, we were talking about putting floor in different rooms and, and so there's, it's almost like there's these things that we're proud of. There's some things that we're frustrated with, some things that we want to fix or work on or improve. But at the end of the day, it is still home. It is still ours to take care of. It's still ours, many of us. It's still ours to pay for. And in our own home, it is ours to determine what we as individuals, as a family, uh, we'll focus on what will be the most important thing to us under this roof. And and I'm not and what's unique about this is I'm not saying there's a right, there's a wrong. And some people focus a lot on the aesthetics and, and, and all of the home improvements that they want to do. And others, you know, maybe not even focus that much on those things. They do enough to take care, but they focus a lot on the internals and making sure that what's actually happening inside these four walls with your family, with your relationships uh, are the most vital and most significant things that take place at home. You know, Jesus used some similar illustrations. Paul actually talks about in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. He tells us that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. In John 2, 19, Jesus also calls his own body a temple. A temple is a place where the presence of God dwells. Now, I've been studying a guy that I, I'm sure you've heard of at some point called Sigmund Freud. And Sigmund Freud was not a Christian, but he did have this interesting idea that, that can quickly translate into spiritual concepts. He used to say, he has this, this notorious quote called, says that the ego is not master in his own house. Now he had these three ideas that, that maybe you've heard of before, but that uh, there's this thing called the id, and the id is like, well, like the flesh. It's like the devil on your shoulder. It's like all of your natural impulses, the things that, that you do that you aren't even aware of because you're just being victim to, well, your flesh, to your what is natural to you. The most childlike, infant-like impulses that we have that even as we grow into adults, we never we never take care of. We just let them continue to move us. He calls that the id. And then and then he, on the other side of that is kind of like the angel on our shoulder, but not exactly. This thing he called the superego, which is, is just this idea that there some, some way or another, somehow, whether innately you've been taught something, you've been taught something by your culture um, or something internally that you understand that also influences 
what you do. And so Freud is saying that, that neither one of these things, we're not our ego, which is the place in between the, where the, our true personality, who we are in biblical terms, we often call this our soul is really not master because we're actually influenced more by the id or we're influenced more by the superego. And I want you to catch something when it requires your house, your temple. That is not true of what it means to be a Christ follower. As you become a Christ follower, you have a revelation that there are two different forces, or you could say multiple forces that work against you. And that we are called to yield to the spirit of God and be aware of what is going on in our house, what is going on in our temple. And with that, I come to our text of focus today, a text that we got to just a few weeks ago in our quarantine letter series. Um, it is in Philippians 2, verses 12 through 13. Here's what the word says. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Philippians 2.12-13. through 13. Now you've heard this verse before. First thing that Paul says and that I want to bring your attention to is he says, Therefore, my dear friends, if you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. You know what's unique about what he's talking about here? Is that Paul is now, of course, he's now in prison. He's in, capti he's in captivity, so he's not present with them. And the point is that they would act, that, that the, having the idea that these people, the, the first Christians, would act different now that Paul is not with them. And Paul is, is telling us that we, that we are, uh, that, that what is most significant is now that there's a bigger relationship that you have going on beyond me. Um, God works in you. There is something personal that should be happening in you. And this primary relationship is with Christ. I wonder if we've had, if you've had those thoughts even during quarantine. And I, I hope not. And I don't see many of us that, well, we're not really having church now or uh you know it, it's not really the same and so the, the the spiritual elements of what god's doing in my life right now don't really matter as much this is kind of what paul is communicating not now even though i am not present with you the living god is still ready to work in you and here's what he says he says work out your own salvation I'll get to the fear and trembling part in a minute, but he says, work out your own salvation. Now, if you're theologically thinking that could mess with you for a minute, when he says, work out your own salvation. I mean, you could have questions like, well, am I still being saved? I, I thought I already was saved when I gave a confession and asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Can I lose my salvation? See, these are big theological questions that deserve more time than we're going to give today to discuss. But I want you to capture, and I'd love to connect with you about these things further. But I want you to capture part of what, what Paul is saying here, that salvation has to do, of course, with saving. And the truth is, yes, your encounter with Jesus Christ and saying yes to him as your Lord and Savior has saved you from hell, has given you uh, an eternal destination, but 
there's some more saving that needs to take place as well. Are you saved from addiction? Are you saved from rage? From the anger that causes you to do destructive things time and time again? Are you saved from vengeance? Are you saved from slander? Are you saved from gossip? See, I think you could recognize that there's still a lot more work that needs to be done that we need to work out our saving, our salvation, and what the living God is ready to do in your life. So we always talk about this passage in our membership classes, and most of you have attended a membership class, but for those of you who aren't, one of the ways I, <clears throat> about our fourth class, I think, uh, no, it's our first class, or th- doesn't matter, it's our third class. Anyway, we always ask this question, um, we're about to give you a bunch of requirements, some things that we would hope that all of our members would do, and this is what, to say, this is what we expect of you if you're going to be a member at West Alexandria Church of the Brethren. But, and then we ask the question that, that if, if someone were to fail to meet one of these expectations, do you think it would be a good idea if we be immediately and begin to excommunicate them from our congregation? You don't need to put your answer to that question as a comment, but most, most everyone comes to the quick conclusion that the answer is no, of course not. This would be a bad idea, but why? It's because really of this text that everybody is working out their own salvation. Just as we all have our own houses and ways, things that look different and, and, and things that are important to us and things that aren't important to us, the similar kind of thing will happen in our walk with the Lord. Uh, we will see some that struggle with, with one thing and, and, and almost even be befuddled as to how they can even call themselves a Christian if they're dealing with this in their life and they let these habits continue. But then we have this thing that we don't see that we continue to do that maybe we haven't given over to the Spirit of God. And there's all of these different, well, you could say you, you could say um, levels, but that's not a good word. There's there's these different arenas that everybody is in because they're working out, they're, they're fighting out their own salvation themselves. And we as a church must provide space to do that. And so that might be the nice part of this verse. But I want you to catch that, that there is certainly some grace involved that we must be willing to let others work out their own salvation with fear and trembling is the next piece of this text. He says fear and trembling. He does not say work out your own salvation with love and grace. He says fear and trembling with a sense of urgency that this moment right now matters. And see, we see this language in in 2 Corinthians 7.15 as Paul says you have received Christ with fear and trembling in Ephesians 6.5. And and the, 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 the Greek word there is the word phobos for fear. It's that the idea of something, there's diff, different definitions for it, but the main point is the idea of something being more powerful than you, recognizing something that can do something destructive to you that you don't have control of. That's one of the definitions of that Greek word. And then the trembling piece, we, we see the same kind of context 
in this as the woman in Mark 5:33 that we talked actually about real quickly last week, the woman with the issue of blood who comes in the middle of a crowd and touches Jesus's garment and Jesus says, who touched me? And this woman returns. It says she is quaking with fear and she comes to her knees and in front of this whole crowd and she's just shaking. And see, so what is going on there in this idea of fear and trembling that Paul is talking about when he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And so Mark 5, 33, the woman in this text, something uh, just happened to her. She just had an encounter. God just worked in her life in a way that she could not deny who he is and what he can do. And now she realized that she is at his feet at his feet, wondering what he is going to do next. Was she out of bounds to touch his cloak? Was she out of bounds with this issue of blood and, you know, like like COVID-19, I, I don't mean to make light of this, but infecting others on the way because that's what, the, what it would have meant, <coughs> excuse me, spiritually that she wasn't allowed to be in that crowd because most observant Jews, if they would, would touch someone like her, they would have to go through a period of cleanliness. And so what is what she had done too ardent and, and, and too bold of a statement that she shouldn't have done such a thing. She could not deny what had just happened to her. She could not deny that this was the living God working in her. See, this is the fear and trembling that Paul is talking about. That someone more powerful than you is working in your life. And you, you think you can run from this? You think that you can go years of your life without ever having to deal with that conviction that the Lord has given you? You think he doesn't know what you're putting on the shelf you think he doesn't know about your deception. He doesn't know about even the dark areas of your life that, that, that the light of his word has exposed. See, there's, there really is two sides to the statements. Why it's such a powerful statement. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It is yours. It is not someone else. This is no season, no time for comparisons about what God is doing in my life versus what he's doing in yours. And, how can you struggle with this? I don't struggle with this. How can, how can you allow this to continue to happen in your life? We like to point the finger, but what the Lord and what Paul wants to do is bring it back here to this house, to this temple. I got some of those worship songs online on Facebook for you. As me and as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord and kind of takes on a couple different meanings. And for the record, I also put another song on there that the choir song that I hope you remember, one of my favorite songs that the choir has done recently. So you can take a look at that in your time of worship. But I want you to think about this house and working out your own salvation is the title of our message, working out, work out your own house with fear and trembling. So, so to close this message, I want to give you a verse that, that says this very thing. It's found in Psalms 139. Psalms 139. 
I just want you, wherever you're at, you don't need to uh, get this one out. If you, if you can open up to Psalm 139, that's great. But I just want you to listen to these words because these are words from David. This is the fear and trembling that David came to understand. The King David, the, the man who was known as a, as a man after God's own heart that fell short in, in committing sinful acts. And even you could even put murder as a checklist on his, now, he didn't kill that person directly, although he killed many men in battle, but he had a person killed for his own manipulation, for his own gain. He had a reason to fear the Lord and to, to have consequences, the fear of consequences that would come back to him. But this is a prayer that David prayed and could certainly be one for all of us in this season as we consider working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. He says in Psalm 139, he says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the seed, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, you saw, your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand when I awake I am still with you. And then I'm going to skip a couple to the last two verses, verses 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, I hope you, that's again, Psalm 139. Great prayer to pray to remind you, well, to work out your own house, your own temple with fear and trembling. As I close this morning, I want you to see that this is, and this, can be, this could be confusing for some, but I do believe most all of our congregation is on the same page. Uh, this text is really how this work out your salvation with fear and trembling is how we will be approaching this COVID-19 these COVID-19 restrictions moving forward. We are going to place these decisions 
the way you would choose to protect yourself in your own hands. So again, I say this as if you feel as though you are vulnerable and you want to protect yourself, we would encourage you, you're welcome to come to our service and we would encourage you to stay in your car. Um, if you feel that you can join the rest of the congregation and wear a mask, um, do so. If you feel like you don't need a mask and it's not something that you're going to be doing, we want to empower you to do that as well. These are your decisions to make. And we do. The reason we have, we're doing it this way is we want to bring everybody back. We've asked many that, that haven't been watching these services. They want to rejoin us and they will be able to rejoin us remaining in their cars. And so we are leaving these choices up to you. And what a great parallel. <laughs> because I, you, you, you can hear... Right now, you can find other churches are meeting in their, in their sanctuaries and finding all these ways to, to keep all these restrictions. You, you hear other churches that aren't keeping any restrictions at all, and, and they're, they've just been returning. They've had crowds of people that are coming. We are going to place this, this venue. It will allow us to place these choices in your hands. And so I hope you understand our approach. I hope you, if you have questions, Please be in contact with me, be in contact with the deacon. I'm happy to help walk you through. We'll have some more details uh, coming up as we will not be meeting next week, but on June 7th. So last thing I want to do, have a word of prayer for you before our benediction. Lord, thank you for everyone that has joined this morning. We thank you that your word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword and ready to move in our life. Now with great reverence, may we hear your word today. We have a calling to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. The living God who created the universe works in us. We cannot run. We cannot hide. You know everything about us. May we have some humility in allowing you to do the work that your spirit wants to do. And Lord, as we return in just a couple of weeks, I pray that we would be unified as a congregation in one purpose and one accord again moving moving forward to the next season of ministry that you have for us. Lord, we give you glory for what you have been doing in our midst. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Your benediction comes right now out of this, right out of this verse, Philippians 2, verses 12 through 13. May you continue to work out your, your own salvation with fear and trembling, May you, for it is God who works in you and to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.